Hello, sir. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you. So we have uh, Mr. Aaron Francis on today. Tuple's first and only marketing engineer. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for having me. I am, uh, I'm continuing the streak of not Derek, and I'm honored to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to have you here. There's probably some overlap in people that know me and us, like this podcast and you, I think. Because you are, you're sort of, uh, I feel like you're pretty Laravel famous. I, I am in the same kind of circle on the internet as you are. So there are probably some people that know me, but I feel like you're historically on the Ruby side and I'm in the, on the Laravel side. So might not be quite as much crossover. Yeah. I think someday I want to make my like glorious return to the Ruby side and just be like, I am now a Ruby programmer again. <laughs> this is all. I, this is what I'm doing. Let's talk about code. Yeah, I think someday you might want to go back to individual contributor, but we'll see. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think that would be like my retirement. I'll retire into just thinking about how do I refactor this to make it more beautiful. Yeah, I saw Adam recently tweeted something about, you know, second time founder, third time founder. I think your second or third time founder is going to be, I am back to Ruby, back to Vim, and this is where I belong. So we'll it, see. It could be. It could be. I'm talking to Alex McCaw in a couple weeks, founder of Clearbit. And then, so he, which is a VC backed B2B enterprise SaaS, you know, with, they have like 100 people or something, maybe more. And he recently left that company and has started Reflect, which is a note-taking app, and is writing a lot of code. And I think his his I have a hunch he's going to come on and say like, yeah, I'm, I want to just write code and not hire very many people and keep this a small little boutique software thing. Yeah, I th I feel like you see that relatively often. I feel like the guy at HashiCorp, what's his name, Mitchell? You know who I'm talking about? I don't. He, he was CEO for a long time and then decided, you know what, I'm just going to be an individual contributor at this company that bears my name and I founded and someone else's CEO. So I feel like it, you know, it kind of goes in waves. You, you want to come back to it eventually. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's so much more you can do when you like create a company and get build a team and have like leverage people, but it is a very different thing. It's just a, it's a different beast. Okay. Speaking of different beasts, so we're not going to actually talk about Tuple today, I think, very much, uh, unless we have a lot of time at the end. But I wanted to have you on to talk about the stuff you're doing when you are not at Tuple. So you're Tuple halftime, creating very successful marketing projects for us and doing an awesome job at it. And then the other time, you're doing other stuff. Do you want to talk about what that is? I do, yeah. Yeah, so... The other stuff I'm doing, I think you mentioned at the top that I'm kind of in the Laravel world. And so I am, you know, by trade, a, a Laravel developer, um, not a marketer, but I am, uh, I'm happy to be at Tuple as the marketer. So I, I do a lot of Laravel stuff. And one of the things, like the main thing that I'm doing in my not Tuple time is I'm working on this product called Refine. And Refine is... It's kind of hard to explain, which I think is what some of what we'll talk about. Um, Refine is a tool that helps developers build query builders for their end users. So imagine the scenario, we can actually take Tuple as an example. Imagine the scenario where you're coming to Joel and you're like, hey, I want to be able to filter our dashboard. I want to see 
you know, teams of over five people that are on trial that have made between one and five calls go. And Joel's like, okay, well, you know, I can, you know, I can do that. I can write a scope or I can, you know, give you database access or whatever. And then a week later, you're like, actually, I changed my mind. I want to see teams between five and 10 people that are not on the trial that have made fewer than 20 calls. And Joel's like, God dang it. Like, why do you keep coming to me with all of these questions, right? So what we do is we provide, we provide the ability for Joel, the, the developer in this scenario, to build out that feature without having to do all of the front-end, back-end, data validation, and database querying. So we've built that entire thing, and then you get to drop it into your app and say like, okay, the fields are you know first name, team size, trial created at, that kind of thing. And then we handle generative front-end, data validation, querying, all of that kind of stuff. So that... That is the tool that we build. So we sell to developers who need to build this feature. Okay. And so the thing that the Refine is going to let Joel do is give me, give me the product owner, or like some sort of end user, a like fully customizable, parameterized query thing. So I can go in and be like, I want you know teams who have the, the, the substring foo in it with 10 users... Revert, sorted in reverse order of favorite color. Bingo. Yep. You know, if you've used, which I know you have, if you've used linear, it's like that. You're like, I want to see issues that were created by this person and are open and assigned to this team go. And it, you know, brings up the list of issues and you monkey around with your filters until it's just right. We provide that filtering ability. Gotcha. You provide the ability to offer that filtering to your end users. Correct. Whether that be internal or like external users. Yep. Got it. And the theory here, so the fundamental theory of the of the business or this product is that like th- providing that functionality to your end users is annoying and painful, bug prone, time consuming, bad things. And if you use refine, this process is easy, pleasant, fewer bugs, that sort of thing. Yes, exactly. The theory is everyone has had to build this and especially people that have had to build it know how painful it is when you start dealing with, you know, especially dates and then generative UI on the front end, like building the query builder front end interface is a massive pain. The theory is this sucks to build. We absorbed all that pain and you can buy it for $1,000 per year. How's it going so far? It is going exceedingly average so far, (laughs) I would say. (laughs) So we've sold maybe 10 licenses. So we've made $10,000, which is more than $0. So that feels good. That's the exceedingly average part. The, I would say the downside is one, it's hard to sell to developers, which I want to talk to you about. It's hard to sell to developers and So far, it seems like it is a very consulting adjacent sale. So people will come to us and say, hey, I know you guys know how to build filters. So it's me and my partner, Colleen. So there are two of us. I know you guys know how to build filters. I've got this analytics database with 5 billion rows. Can you come be our database expert and help us build filters and also consult on database problems that we're having? And it's like, yeah, we can, but not for a thousand dollars. And 
you know, if I'm building a product half time and I have a you know full time job half time, if that makes sense, I can't be everyone's consultant. And so that's kind of something that we're running into. It's very hands on, but we don't want it to be. Got it. So of these 10 customers who signed up, uh, mm-hmm. are they all, did you find them all through consulting leads, basically? Um, no. So we found many of them through first and second circles online, whether they followed us directly, we have a podcast that they listened to, or saw it on Twitter, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did anybody buy it without talking to you or without much engagement? Yes. So we've probably had two or three people that have just put money down and bought it. One emailed me and said, hey, I bought it and I can't figure out how to use this part. And I'm like, oh yeah, because this part's not documented because I usually do onboarding calls. Like, thanks for buying. So that was, you know, that was encouraging. And that was someone who had followed our story and knew like, kind of knew the pitch. And so he had just bought it without talking to me. And so does the pricing work that, so like as long as I have it, running in a production app somewhere i have to keep an active subscription to pay the thousand a year is that how that roughly the idea potentially roughly it is a private package so on our side it's a private package on your side it's a private gem and so you have access to the gem server or the package server for a year Um, okay and then once that's over that's over got it and so if i if I canceled my subscription, I would lose access to that thing. And then like the next time I went to deploy it or something, I wouldn't get be able to pull it down or... Exactly. Yeah. The next time you went to deploy it, you wouldn't be able to contact the private gym server. And and is there an easy like just use the last version I already have and I can have that forever thing? Or is it like pretty much like you're now kind of borked and can't deploy your app? Open. You know, we haven't reached a year yet. So that's kind of a, an open question. There is a, we're using a, a service called unlock.sh and there is an option that when it expires, they have retain access to the last version and they just don't get future versions, which honestly I'm totally fine with. You know, if they want to just stick with the old stuff and keep using that, I, I don't super care. I don't think. Yeah. That might eventually become a really important question, possibly. Because like if, if you get deeply embedded in an important app and like they have to keep paying you a thousand dollars a year or rewrite this thing or like redo it, that, that could be a pretty incredibly low churn situation. Assuming people are down to get into that situation in the first place. We should definitely spend some time on pricing, but let's not go there yet. How are the 10 users that you have so far finding it? So the ones that are fully onboarded, so this this guy that bought Sight Unseen is not yet, but the other ones are loving it. That part's been ex- you know exceedingly encouraging because they're saying stuff like, you know, what was taking my office admin two days to do, she's now able to do in an hour because I've given her these rich filtering capabilities and she can just pull all of the reports that she needs without talking to anyone, without exporting to Excel, any of that. It's like, wow, that's amazing. You know, another one is saying like, our our product team is able to generate basically like smart lists that is just the set of products that they're looking for. And they can, you know, these filters are directly addressable. So like they can bookmark it and come back to it the next day. And they're seeing like their list of products that they're responsible for. They're loving it from the end user perspective, from the developer perspective. They're also loving it because it is um, incredibly customizable. I 
perhaps went too far, but it's it's really customizable. So the developer is able to control the experience pretty hardcore. And I think they really, really like that because they know more about their data than we do. And sometimes, you know, sometimes they want to expose null values to the end user and sometimes they don't. And they get to decide that on a per condition basis. And so they're just, you know, they're just thrilled to death with being able to customize it. So everyone that uses it is really happy. We just need more people to use it. Mm. Okay. I mean, that's the that's that's a good start. Yeah, that feels really good. I would be super discouraged if it were the other way around. <laughs> right. Yeah, and like congrats by the way, like selling 10 copies of a $1000 a year thing is that's not that's like I feel like you're already in the 97th percentile of Yeah, thanks. Dev, that's dev hard selling stuff on the internet success. Hard to remember sometimes, but I think you're right. Thank you. Especially if you really are going to rebuild these people and they're going to stick around. Mhm. Like you're starting to stack a recurring revenue pile. Totally. Which is awesome. Why haven't your customers just built this already for themselves? Yeah, good question. So some of them have built part of this already, which I think is the probably the meaty middle of the answer, is they've built part of it. And one in particular pulled a, pulled a free package off the shelf, built out maybe 60% of it, and his users kept coming back to him saying, okay, well, I know that I can like search on these criteria. Can you add another criteria? Can you add another one? And I want to be able to now combine these criteria in certain ways. And that's when the off-the-shelf package broke down is it wasn't able to be as flexible as his users were wanting. And so he was staring down the barrel of a full rewrite to do this himself and thought, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, and that's something interesting we might need to talk about is this guy's the product owner, right? He's the developer and the product owner. And he was thinking, I don't want to spend all of my time doing this when the product is really something else. And this filtering part has become just kind of like a really hard table stakes thing. Like my users are thinking, I should be able to filter. Like that's not the product, but I should be able to do it. And so they haven't built it themselves because it is super, super complicated to build flexible filtering like this. Okay. So yeah, so so making it arbitrary and flexible is where it really gets tricky. It's easy to build the first 40 to 60% of this. Exactly. But then when you say, I really want to have it work on all the fields combined in all the ways, it starts to get really gnarly. Yep. Okay. When that person realized that this actually was much harder than they thought, what did he do? That's a good question that I can't fully answer because he was our very first customer and he had been following me on Twitter. And so I I don't know if he, I don't know at what point he became aware of what he was going to have to do. I think he may have already been aware of us at that point. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That feels actually kind of important. Because my first inclination is like, I imagine most developers upon hearing this requirement will go, ooh, okay, yeah, I can picture how to build that. And they go start trying to build it. And I think what you're hoping for the viability of this thing is that then they get part of the way through it or they keep getting additional feature requests or something and they go, oh, actually, you know what? I don't want to do this. This is not a fun dev project. And then they Google something. And what that thing is seems important. Yes. Or like what the thing, whatever that. thing they do next is, is like, that's your moment of like, you could maybe make the sale. 
I agree with that. And I think the story we've been telling ourselves, which is hopefully true, is that they go and Google for either Laravel Query Builder, Rails Query Builder, we have both, or they think, I th- I can figure out the back end. That part seems fun. I don't want to muck around with a front end framework. So they they Google View Query Builder or React Query Builder. And we have those as well. And they integrate with the back end, which is part of our like part of our shtick is we provide the whole thing. It's not just like we'll bring the back end and you draw the rest of the owl, right? We give you we give you everything. And so our theory is they're gonna Google for query builder, perhaps report builder or filter builder, but I think it's query. That's the language most of them have been using. Hmm. Okay. Have you sold anything, any copies of this to people who Googled that thing and then found your thing? That is a good question. And I think the answer is no. I think everyone that we've sold to is first or second level social sales. Okay. Yeah. Have you checked the search volume on those queries? A long time ago, and it wasn't very high. Yeah, that might be okay. I mean, if it's like effectively, or if it's like like basically zero, maybe not great. But if it, like the fact that it is low, I, I don't think would necessarily make me that worried. Mm-hmm. Like starting off having this be a pretty like a niche thing that people only occasionally are searching for, but when they search for, they're like, ah, yes, this is exactly the thing. Low volume probably means low competitiveness would be my guess on this particular query. So could be fine. Could be good, actually. I kind of subtweeted about you a little bit the other day. I, I was This is what I was going to ask you. And I said, we should save it for live because I felt like this was a subtweet. And I was like, oh, no, I think I think this is about me. And I knew it. <laughs> I knew that it was. Yeah. It All was, right, go on. <laughs> to paraphrase the tweet was like, the quote was like, we're, let me just pull it up. Oh, it's it's seared into my brain, but yeah, you should go ahead. All and, right. you should go ahead. And, no, 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 go ahead and pull it up just so we get it exactly right. <laughs> uh, I think "Have you ever met a developer?" is, is right, right. the turning <laughs> yes, okay. point of the tweet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the, the tweet is quote: "We're building a product to save developers time." My response is cool, but you have have you ever actually met a developer? They value their time at approximately negative one hundred dollars per hour. Yes. Yeah, I, I I know that you're extremely clever. I read right through that. I knew. Oh God, dang it, that's me. Oh yeah, I, I knew. I knew you would know it was you. It, it was you I was thinking of, and I knew you yeah. would know that. And it's okay. Well, thanks for because I think this is me. a broader point. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> that tweet not, did well. So yeah, it must be a broad. It did. Point. All right, Patrick Collison liked this tweet. So wow, yeah. yeah. So it's good. It, it made the rounds. Yeah. yeah, that was a that was a fun moment for me. Did I screenshot it? I might have. It's not a big deal. Look, we both run software companies. You know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my fear for you. Is that yeah, a rational actor would say spending 45 to 200 hours making my own flexible query builder is a terrible use of company time. I shouldn't do it. And I think probably 65% of developers will do it anyway because they won't stop to think that actually. They'll just be like Oh, I see the requirements. I understand what needs to be built. I will go down this path, even though I am reinventing a very intricate wheel, and I'm likely to only get something that's, you know, seventy percent as good as what Aaron made. That is also my fear for me. That's your fear for me. That's my fear for me too. I guess that is the biggest fear currently. I wish telling people that like there was this great ROI on this thing um, worked better, 
but it doesn't always, particularly with developers, I feel like, because I think, so the thing I worry about with this is that it sounds a little fun. When we were starting Tuple, I was glad that like real-time communi- like native communications app written in C++ sounds terrible to 98% of developers, basically. Like no one's like, I would just go make this my own and over the weekend. And I was like, that's nice because we won't get that sort of, you know, how dare you charge money for such a simple product or something. I worry a little bit that's that might be something that you might run to. Yeah, and I think that is very accurate. The people that have bought so far have basically been developer slash product people. And so they know, like, building filtering is not worth my time. My users need it and I need to move on. But pure developers inside of a company, yeah, it's a fun, it's a it's a great quagmire to get lost in for a little while. It's a fun, like, kind of recursive nesting component thing that could be a little bit fun to waste some time on. And so, yeah, that that's my fear too. So provided, you know, provided that that is, we'll just call it an accurate fear, what's, what do I do? I think the thing you do is figure out whether or not that's, that's the situation. The question of this, this business or this product is, are there enough people who will decide that it is not worth doing themselves and will they then go look for a solution and can you can you show up when they do and compete with other solutions they might consider and i think that to me feels like the kind of existential question of refine because if people should use it but they don't really want to that's not so good if they go look for ant- go look for solutions but there's just like this killer open source version that everyone uses cuz it's the first google result and you can't you know compete with that or something that also would be a thing. Or if like people think like this sucks, but they don't try to go fix it. You know, they're just like, oh, this sucks. But like such people as know life. they sh- <laughs> Yeah, such as life. They're like, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of parts of my app like this. Like, yeah, I shouldn't have written so much billing code, but I don't know. It's just had to get had to get the credit card form done. I, I think I would try to try to come up with experiments or research or something to figure out answers to these questions. Maybe before most other things, based on what I'm hearing so far. Trying to think of how you run an experiment to answer that question. Um, it might be interesting stage. to to run ads on your relevant search queries and just see, like, can I get anybody to click an ad for this thing? Because ranking for this is probably a great long-term goal if this thing has legs. But you could uh, show up in ad, like Google AdWords results, like today, for these things. You'll get more information about how much, I think you'll get more info, like how many searches are there for this? How many clicks can we get to our ad? Did anybody buy? Like if, if, you, bought a, if you bought 400 clicks to your landing page for any adult, like whatever it costs to get that, how many sales do you get? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that makes sense So that might be me. an interesting thing. Another thing that occurred to me is it could be that $1,000 a year for a thing that's going to be low churn... Well, so first of all, I think you could charge more for it. Keep Jump up a level. You're having success so far selling this as part of consulting engagements where you come in and you do some database work and you set them up with Refine and you get them on this building subscription, hopefully. And now it's this is a thing that's embedded in their app and its tendrils are in. Um, and, you know, if this like if you have like like this could be a thing where it's like, yeah, you have four percent annual churn. 
once this thing is in there and it's like yeah it's slow going you got to stack this stack these bricks over time but maybe it's worth like could you hire a person like an implementation expert or could you just say like yeah we just got to do these database consulting contracts and get this thing in there and maybe you get this thing to a, to a few thousand per year for per install um and it's like yeah i mean if i do like one a month like if i if i could do two a month but each person's paying us 2500 or 4000 or something a year okay this is real money initially and eventually in a couple of years this is like potentially a real revenue stream yeah i like that obviously i like the pure product play the best cuz it just seems most you know platonically ideal but the consulting work is high value hard work that it's not just like you know banging out features when people need database help they really need database help Mm -hmm. um and they're probably googling for it or looking around yeah reaching out and dming people and saying please help us right yeah totally so i have i have actually i'm sure you've you've seen it on twitter tried to like brand myself kind of as like the database guy in the laravel space right and so that's you know of course that's strategic and part of that is like hey, I can help with this broad set of problems and I can really help with this specific problem. So like, if you need help with any of this kind of stuff, think of me as the person to do that. Now, long-term, it would be great to have someone like that we have hired to help implement some of that stuff because I'm but one man. That is kind of you're, like... You're half of man, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I forgot my boss is here. Um, So I, that is kind of like kind of a thought that I've had is, okay, let's do product plus consulting. And, you know, the product will kind of be the back end, like ongoing part and the consulting will be the upfront, make it worth my time part. That seems quite viable to me. I think a lot of people want to build self-serve SaaS. This is a pretty big hurdle to go over, I think, like integrating the back end and the front end. Uh, to this thing seems like kind of tricky i could it seems like the sort of thing that people would sign up for and then not do seems plausible whereas if you're like oh yeah i'm here to solve your database ills and based by the way we also should do this as part of it and just embedded it here and don't worry it's only a few thousand dollars a year forever yeah that could be pretty good and then like it could be that you're like slowly growing this revenue base over time with each of these like so you can do these like pretty high ticket i imagine database consulting contracts um where you say i'm the ex- i'm one of the experts on this thing therefore i cost a lot per engagement and it even it kind of comes with this recurring cost uh when it makes sense and over time maybe you're like you're eventually this like recurring portion dwarfs the consulting portion or at least catches up or at least says, and you say yeah i'm gonna do like i'm gonna do one of these a month or like i'm gonna do a couple a quarter or something and you're just kind of like, well, I'm, yeah, I'm making enough from the recurring bits that I'm not so crazy about the, or, or, or yeah, you, you, you hire somebody and you end up doing a little, um, have somebody else do the, do the other bits. Colleen and I have talked about like basically saying to people that want this, this feature in their app saying, listen, you can buy it for a thousand dollars and do it yourself, or you can pay us $10,000 and it'll be done in a week. Also, you're signing up for a thousand dollar a year subscription, but We'll come in, do it, it's over, you're done, off to the races, and now you're one of our customers. That's something that we are kind of like thinking might be at least a good way to bootstrap ourselves into the consciousness of like 
the community until we start getting word of mouth like hey just use these people's thing yeah yes that's a great point yeah i mean that it could be that over time especially when you land larger customers that have a lot of developers and then they then they go and have, there's this diaspora they, they spread out they're like oh yeah we used to use this thing oh, oh we need this thing oh we used refine our own place like we should just get this this is like a nice way to do it we see that with tuple all the time yeah i mean it doesn't sound like the worst worst business to me or like the worst life just like these high value consulting contracts plus a recurring retainer. I really think that point of like when people have database problems, they really have a problem. When people need query builders, they sort of have a problem. Right. Yeah. They like there's, have probably put it off for a while already. Yeah. The database thing you mean? No, the query oh, builder. Oh, the query. They're like, eh, we can get yeah. by with what we have. Yeah. You, yeah. Can you give me a CSV export and I'll just do it in Excel? Like, yeah, exactly. Totally. That'll work-ish, you know? It's not as good. But, like, there's, there's like, workarounds of, like, dump the data into a different format and I'll do it in a different tool. There's just not doing it and it's probably okay. Or, like, yeah, like, dump your, like, oh, can we just forward this into Mixpanel and then I'll do some stuff there? I imagine there's, like, a... It feels like there's, like, alternatives. Or someone just goes, no problem, I'll build this. This, this is, like, two days. And then they sort of happily spend two days ten times um, and end up with, you know, something that's okay enough. But... I would say where it's like the database is way too slow. This page is like timing out before it even loads. Customers are mad at us. That is like a fix this right now. Get this fixed. Let's go. That has so much more fire underneath it that I can see it. That's when people are like Googling, reaching out, networking. Hey, does anybody know a database person that can help me with this thing? And you do high, high margin consulting plus recurring retain, like recurring revenue. It's maybe not exactly the kind of like hands-off SaaS you wanted to build, but it doesn't sound bad to me. No, it doesn't sound bad to me either. I love those kinds of problems. So like the work sounds appealing. And I think I'm like, I, th- I feel like I'm having to kind of be adaptable and let go of the platonic ideal of, you know, I sit in the cave and code these really awesome, hard problems, and then people shower me with money. Um, Like I'm kind of letting go of a little bit of that and thinking, okay, there is a thing that I can do that people want. And maybe and I like doing it. And so maybe I should consider like doing more of that. And so that's that's kind I'm kind of along that same path as as you are. There's another pricing thing that I, I want to to float um, while we're talking pricing. So there is a world in which we do the sidekick model where Refine is free and open source and everybody just picks it up and uses it because now there really is, you know, there really is no excuse. Everybody uses it. The community grows, the bug fixes, the docs, everything grows. And then there's a premium model that costs, we'll say, $1,000 a year, just like straight sidekick model. What are your thoughts on that? I also like that. Do you think there's a clear like premium thing there, like a, 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 a way to segment those people out who are getting 10 times as much value slash have 10 times as much money? Yeah, c- clear is debatable but there are some things we could limit the free i don't know much too much about sidekick because i'm not a rubyist but i feel like sidekick is you know quote unquote artificially limited in that it's just like really it's segmented you can't do this on the free version we could do that in terms of you know we're we allow groups of say like 
I want these people or these people or these people. And we could say, for the free version, you get one group. So you can say, like, you don't get ands and ors, you just get one group. We could do something like, we have this concept of refinements. So you could say, show me people that have clicked, and then you could refine it to say, at least two times in the past seven days. And those last two parts are kind of like, refine it down further. Um, and we could artificially limit it based on that. So I, I don't know that it's exceedingly clear. It's definitely not clear in terms of who gets like the who has the most money. It's just kind of like these features we could put over into this other bucket. Yeah. So I guess the questions are, is this a big enough need that if you had a free version of this and gave away most of it for free, that you are getting a lot of value from that? Like are there are there hundreds or thousands of teams that would start using this, developers that would pick this up and it would become a the de facto standard? If so, that seems that helps. And then is there a way that is there a set of features that you could push into a premium tier that will compel people to upgrade? I mean the sidekick example is a really good one. It's hard to argue with the success there. Like Mike has been I mean, has publicly been said said he's like he's doing multiple millions in ARR and he was doing it by himself at least before i think he might have an employee or two now but that worked for him his tagline is up to 20x faster than the competition he figured out a way to, to do something a lot better than the sort of free open source stuff or sort of his competitors and then found some some good features to differentiate there to get people to to buy like yeah fancier fancier controls over your jobs that become relevant when you use it a lot right I know that you're a, a businessman now, but do you remember what the split for um, Sidekick Free and Pro? Do you remember what his differentiator is? I mean, I, I'm looking at his pricing grid. Yeah, so it's like batches, enhanced reliability, search in web UI, worker metrics, and expiring jobs are the first set of features you get when you upgrade. And then there's a bunch more enterprise stuff of rate limiting, cron jobs, unique jobs, rolling restarts, long-running jobs, historical metrics, multi-process, encryption. So it seems like, and he also, I think probably very importantly, um, I think people under pay attention to this, is he's got a value metric in here. So it's like the enterprise thing starts at 230 per month per 100 threads. And you could imagine how somewhere has like 100,000 threads and is paying him a lot more than 230 a month. So so he's got sort of features there where it's like, okay, if you're very serious about background jobs, like it's kind of like, are you running a ton of background jobs? Then you definitely care about these things. Are you running an absurd number of threads on a ton of background jobs? Then you need, you care about these things. It might be interesting to talk to him. He's, he's friendly. You could probably just reach out to him. It might not have been... I don't know if it was clear to him in the early days how that would look like what that breakdown would be. It could just be that like he started with the free thing and then figured out the other stuff. And it was like, okay, a lot of people are asking me for uh, batching. And I don't really want to build batching. Or like, I'll build batching, but it's going to be complicated. And so I'm going to stick this in the pro tier. Or like, okay, when Twitter signed up, they're asking me for HIPAA compliance or whatever it is, you know, multi-process encryption or something. Um, okay, so uh, only the big companies are asking me for these things. So why, why don't I stick those in the enterprise tier? So this might not be a question that you actually have to answer immediately. It would be kind of nice. I think it would be nice if you sort of had an inkling of like, okay, there's a way to, there's going to be some premium stuff that'll be like 
hard for, pe- for hard for other people to build, but we can build it because it's it's worth it because we can sell it to people. And also, there's a way to potentially add a value metric here where if someone is using this on to build like a million queries a month, I can charge them ten grand a month or something. Yeah. Okay. So. My only fear, well, I don't know that. One of my fears is putting too much into the free tier right away, right? So if we, you know, if we like say, oh, we'll just figure out what's pro later and we decide, oh, this thing that we gave everyone open source is now pro, that feels icky to me. So that's one thing. And then in terms of value metric, we could do a usage-based thing, but it would be, it would be on the honor system, right? So we could say, if you have a million rows, it's free. If you have a billion rows, it costs this much. And it's like, well, there's no way in the product, like Mike can probably limit the threads by flipping some bit in, you know, in the version that he releases. Is that how it works? I don't know. He may, he may be on the honor system too, but that that part feels like I don't know how we I don't know what the value metric is that we could scale and also enforce and maybe I'm being too precious about that maybe that doesn't matter but those are my thoughts based on yes. kind of like trying to mirror the sidekick model I think it's pretty important that you have well is it it sure would be nice if your your code could just sort of query things and phone home and be like, they're using it this much, and you should charge them this much. That would be cool. That might not be strictly required. I think, especially for larger companies, I think they tend to want to do the thing that they're supposed to do. And so if you make it clear how the licensing works, you might just find they just say, yeah, we we need this much, and here's a PO for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or you might be able to agree So if you were here... Yeah. If if you were sitting in the shed quarters talking to you and you had this this query builder you know fledgling business yeah. which of these things would be top of your list to do consulting open source buy some ads um or anything else Am I me with all of my experience and everything uh, whatever okay. gives me the best answer is how you can play yeah. this role play. Okay. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> I don't <Okay>. really care. <laughs> it might not be that this freemium thing solves your distribution problems. If there are a lot of people that want this and they Google it and they look for an answer, like a, a tool to provide it, it could be a really good source of leads to do this freemium open source thing with pro features. I sort of like both of them a decent amount. If you can make that work, that's pretty cool because you're getting more of that uh, self-serve type thing. Maybe more accurately, you have a distribution method. Like the the question is always like, where is your lead set? Where are your leads going to come from? Um, so if you have a killer free version of this, and you are competitive with other stuff out there, and you start ranking for things, and you have great docs, and everyone's just like, yeah, of course you use Refine for this. This is like the the best thing, and you have a reasonable path to stepping people up into a paid thing that seems pretty great you're going to get a lot of user well you're going to get a lot of (laughs) feedback in the form of annoying issues and things you're signing up for kind of the the unwashed masses who expect more or less expect support 
But then again, maybe it's like, wow, we're getting tons of issues. Yeah, uh, issue support is included in the pre the pro tier. Totally, we could do a, su- a support contract. Happy to do support contracts at ten thousand dollars a year for anyone mm-hmm. that wants it with this SLA. That yeah, so that could be good. The consulting thing feels. Uh, I think they're just different businesses. I think they both they both seem like they could work. And so like I think if one speaks to your heart more, it's probably I would start there, I guess, and see if you can make that one work. Um like you seems like you 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 dream more of writing code and having the quality of the code be the thing that gets you new customers and word of mouth and becoming the de facto thing. So I would say it sounds like based on your personality and what you desire, the the freemium thing the OSS path uh, seems to sound better. If it, if it can work, you'd be happier overall. So I might start, I might start there, but how do you start there? Um, you can't put that genie back in the bottle though. That's my only I think fear. you can. I think you can. You can, you can close, I guess you can close source it, but it's out there at that point, you know. Today's version, yeah. Like hopefully this is like twice as good a year from now, right? Like or it's got even more things and... I, I suspect it is not the case that everyone will immediately download it, uh, whoever's going to use it, and then have it, and now no one has, isn't inspired to upgrade. I think the consulting thing is probably a more direct path to revenue. So it's like, it kind of depends, like, it also kind of depends, like, what is your ambition and, like, what is your timeline? Where I think if you, like, I want to work full time on this thing within the next 18 months, doing one off installs via lucrative consulting engagements probably gets you there pretty fast, at least. To the point where, because like you're you're supplementing with consulting revenue, if you were trying to build a mostly self serve SaaS business of upsells from open source, it probably ramps slower. Would be my guess. And because there's no consulting revenue from that, you're probably working day jobs longer. There could be consulting revenue from that. Actually, I didn't think about that. The open source version does not preclude high value consulting implementations. It's true. It's true. I don't have a super tight timeline. I mean, I have half a job that I love, so I don't need to like, I don't need to escape or anything. Um, So I'm trying to think what is like three years from now, where will I want to be Um, instead of thinking, okay, six months from now, I have to be somewhere. Got it. I think that I would encourage, I would probably lean lean towards doing the thing that sounds better to you some number of years from now. Like that's going to create the lifestyle that you were hoping to have. If you wouldn't really be happy doing this consulting thing where you like install it as part of consulting engagements if you wouldn't really be happy like do you care if the business is working like if you build a business where your day-to-day life is like not a thing you're super into and now you're hiring implementation engineers and managing a team of consultants and you're less like yeah like i i'm i'm i made a business i don't really like it maybe (laughs) someone else wants to buy this Yeah. yeah that would be a bummer that would be a bummer that would be a huge bummer yeah, particularly because, like you said, you have a pretty good setup where it's like I do. You have half a job you like, <laughs> um, which is better than a job you half like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so maybe there's not so much of a rush, and like you, you, the destination is the most important thing, rather than just like making something work. And so I might take the what is maybe, and to be clear, we don't even know what is maybe the lower probability thing, but has a chance of being the outcome you really want. Uh, over the other thing and it also just might be this is just better like this just might be a great model 
we have one example here, <laughs> but that thing of like, how do you, how do you get leads is sort of like the, is a, the perennial question and is a big one. And if you can get leads in a way that feels good to you, which is just like, I, I make amazing open source software and everyone uses it because it's clearly the best option. And then I stick premium features over here in this way that they pay me in a self-serve thing. And I refuse to hop on sales calls. Like that could be pretty cool. Mm. Make them, you make a compelling argument there. <laughs> yeah. You should totally talk yeah. to Mike, by the way. Yeah, I met him briefly at um, whatever it was, RailsConf, and he was exceptionally nice. He was so kind. Um, And so I I might try to hop on a call with him. Yeah, I think you should. He's very friendly, and I think think he'd be happy to talk to you. And he'll tell you all the stuff because like we're we're analyzing a person's business from the outside and you never know what's actually going on. Like it's it's always way more of a mess and has way more drawbacks. (laughs) Yeah. Like he might say, God, I wish I'd never done xyz yeah uh, totally. i can't i can't say this publicly or i can't undo this because i'm too bought in or something but it might be like oh make sure whatever you do don't do this so i wouldn't it, it's it's dangerous to analyze people's companies from the outside yeah you get a lot of drive-by advice on twitter as i've seen so yeah I'm, <laughs> i definitely agreed with that mm-hmm. but i might talk to him um I, I keep coming back to this but like the, the answer of like where do people hear about you is is a big one and like Yes. Having good distribution built into the product. Pretty wonderful. Yeah. And our current distribution only scales so far. I mean, Colleen and I are out there, but that doesn't get us far enough. That doesn't get us far enough into the market to to be known. We need a proper distribution channel. It's not this like adorable little indie hacker thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this, I don't think this solves... I don't think this like solves it in one fell swoop. I don't think you just like put this package out there and then suddenly it's really, really popular. I think you still need to do a lot of marketing probably. Like you might still run Google ads to your open source project. Oh, or wow. you might, yeah. yeah. Or you might need to do like lots of blog posts about niche query builder problems uh, or both these things or all these things or like giving talks about database performance and you know, all these things. But I, I don't think you will just throw us on GitHub and everyone's like, ah, hooray, the answer's here. Right, yeah. And you'd be showered yeah. in traffic. Lots lots of abandoned GitHub projects would agree with you on that one. Totally. Yep. I think your skills are well matched to this. No, oh, thanks. To the, the, the I, problem of marketing dev things. Yeah, yeah. I I should hope so. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my half a job depends on it, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> The question I have to answer is where do I want to be in three years? Um, That's always the question. Actually. Which is a much a much longer podcast. Who has time to, totally. to dive into that? This drives me a little crazy about life is I feel like it always comes down to that question. Is I'm always like, I, like, I'll sit down to think about like, okay, what should Tuple do next month? And I'm like, well, where do you want to be in six months? Well, where do you want to be in two years? Like, well, what do, what do I want from life over the next yep, couple of years? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, ugh, I don't know. You're trying I to think of strategies. <laughs> yeah. You want to build a feature and you're faced with like, what do I want to do with my life? And you're like, God exactly. dang it, not again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It always, that's, that's always like the base question. Yep. And it's like, ugh, can I not figure out the hardest question? <laughs> I just want to figure out this easy one. <laughs> So I think you might be, I think you might also be in this position. I think so. We may be onto something or like, I, I do sort of like the sound of like, figure out the kind of life you want and take the, take a swing at that. And even if maybe it is lower pri- probability, which again, we don't even know, um, at least you've got now like successes in the possible set of outcomes. 
right? As opposed to like, yeah, you built a company. You don't really like running it. Cool. Oh man, to succeed and still fail. That's yeah, pretty grim. <laughs> that's like real bad. That's that's not what you want. So no. Cool. Uh, any other topics or questions you wanted to hit me with while we're here? No, this has been awesome. I mean, I know we talk multiple times a week, but this is this has been great. I love this. Thank you so much. Nice. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it too. We should probably have you come back in some amount of time. Yeah, I would love that. After you made some decisions and report yeah, some, totally. report some experiences. That if you decided great. to like go all in on the sidekick type model, like how fast could you could you get there? Get where? Yeah, I don't know. To open, <laughs> to, op- to open sourcing it or to to yeah. Mike Berm's level of success because those are different. Mm. <laughs> those are different answers. I, um, to having an open source version that's mm-hmm. free and some sort of paid version that costs money with dis- different features in it. Man, two weeks probably a week. I mean, it would just literally be carving out the part that I'm not sure if it's going to be pro or not. Um, just yeah. carving that out and then opening it up. Yep, that's Super not fast. a long test, or at least that getting there is not a long. And then yeah. a few months of trying to get people to use the free version and seeing, hey, are there things that people are requesting? Are our mm-hmm. rich customers asking for common things? Mm-hmm. that they are willing to plunk down a credit card for yep um, yeah no that try... would be that would be a super fast test hmm. yeah and if you try that for th- six months maybe three months some, some amount of time and you're like yeah this doesn't work unfortunately for various reasons uh you say okay never mind we're closing this back up thanks for like keep using whatever mm-hmm. you want but we have a like we're um this is now going private goodbye mm-hmm. um that's fine right that's like that seems okay. You gave code away for a while. You decided to stop giving code away. Yeah. That's okay. I think. Yes, in my brain that is okay. I would I would be emotionally fearful of that, but that's something to get over. But yeah, that that would make me nervous to to close source something and interesting. Take something away from the community, but I don't know if that's valid or not. It's worth investigating. I, I mean, I think there might be a couple people that are mad at you, but like if you have the right language and license on there, which is just like this is as is. You can use it. We are not committing to, you know, there's, we have no we have no support contract with you. We have no promises of future things. If you use this, like, and then like it's open source. So it's like you have it. If you want to keep working on it and keep hacking on it, go ahead. But we're going to take our take like you didn't take the ball away. It's not like they have to stop using it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> I would I would need a I would need a pump up speech from you before I close sourced it again. But fortunately I know where to find you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You can forward the angry messages to me. <laughs> oh, perfect. Even better. Mm-hmm. I will say, hi, angry person, please see the license doc uh, and, uh, yeah. and your lack of support contract. Please speak to my boss, Ben. He will tell you, <laughs> he'll tell you what to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Well, this is fun. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for chatting. Appreciate you being on. Yeah. All right. You want to wrap it? Yeah, let's do it. Notes for the show? Notes for the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye.